Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the second League Two podcast in three days. Um, three days? It feels like less than that. Um, for anyone, well, no, actually, this isn't going on YouTube because I can't appear on YouTube looking like I did on Monday, two days in a week. So there's no Udi today, you'll be pleased to know, but things are not looking uh, much better. So uh, today I've got Charlie with us, who you'll recognise from previous podcasts, and um, my favourite person at the moment, said with deep sarcasm, uh, Kieran, who is a Newport fan and um, has been writing for Look Sports Media for, for quite a while and a regular on the 606. We've <laughs> we just had a conversation because Charlie... Um, for weeks and weeks and weeks has been telling Kieran that he sounds like Barry White or has a voice kind of akin to Barry White in terms of it being deep and sexy in Charlie's words, not mine. Um, and it turns out that Kieran didn't know who Barry White was uh, and thought that this might have been a bit of an insult. So you can make your own minds up about uh, Kieran's dulcet tones. Welcome to the League Two podcast, Kieran. Yeah, um, you know, you can't really blame me for not knowing who Barry White was off the riff because Barry is a very common name that I've been accustomed to for quite a while and I just assumed by default, oh, he's saying something really funny because I'm from Wales and it's a Commonwealth nickname or name. But uh, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised to know that he has a very nice voice and uh, I feel... Uh, immensely complimented. Thank you very much, Charlie. No problem. 
It was a good, uh, yeah. It, it made me laugh a lot that um, you didn't know whether it was a compliment or not. Uh, Charlie, you've had a good week. Oh, I've had a brilliant week. Um, <laughs> two have wins. you been on since Alexander was appointed? I have not. I've not. I've been oh. out partying the whole time. But, you know, there's more parties to be As had. As context, especially. Charlie's just turned 18. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's why. Calming it down now. But, yeah. Um, we will be partying again when Bradford win the league. It's yeah, going to happen now. It's going to happen. Stockport's runs ended. They're not winning um, anymore. Are you sure though? Because I'm fairly sure that Kieran thinks Newport are winning the league. Yeah, we we're share, winning. The league. We can share. We can share the title. Yeah, fifty-fifty yeah. square. Stockport's winning run is well and truly over. Although we didn't lose last night, it was uh, it was a goal- goalless thriller. So, yeah, there was there was that, and that was against a Salford team that went into the game with eight fit senior players. Um, and I mean, Dave Chalner said after the game that he, if ever there was a a, a game that you should have won, it was that one, um, and and it was it was goalless, and actually. I think it was about 10 minutes from the end, there was a cross and Matt Smith, if, he, if he'd have got his head to it, I've seen him sink goals so much harder than that. Um, but yeah, Will Collar's out for about eight weeks. So we are very depleted in midfield. So Charlie, Bradford on, when is it? The 29th of December. It's going to be yep. a good time to play us, I think, because there's some more games before then. So. I'm confident. I'm confident. My hatred for Stockport started at Stockport at home last season. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know how much detail to go into who the main culprits are for that, or culprit. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't an happy time, but I'm sure we'll win this time. I'm sure we will. Yeah, and but that, that game was also... That that brilliant. If you're a county fan, and I can't remember which Bradford player it was, where he just kind of didn't realise the ball had gone out, and the linesman's just stood there like, "What are you doing?" It was Jan Songo, the probably one of my favourite players ever, <laughs> and I could t- we can talk about him for the whole pod if you want. He's <laughs> no, oh wow. So on Monday, we talked about two new appointments. So we had um, Jed Bannon at Morecambe after his stellar one goal in charge against, uh, one goal, one game in charge against Wrexham. Uh, And David Artel, David Artel uh, at Grimsby. Let's do, how did uh, Jed Bannon's first game, proper game in charge go, Karen? Not fantastically, if you're a Jed Brannan, admittedly. Uh, losing the unbeaten start they had in the league to Newport, who, you know, I'm sure you'd be more than aware, beats Stockport to end their right. unbeaten runs. So, uh, yeah, two unbeaten runs in the way uh, end in the past four days or so. But if you want to talk uh, Morecambe way, they started off really well, probably for the first, you know, 25, 30 minutes. They probably played to their... Uh, Exact game plan went one 0 up via by uh, Mickey Mellon. You know, you it was probably more of a Newport mistake rather than a really excellent play from Morecambe. 
we kind of gave a striker that I believe now has 10 goals in the league. We gave a striker that has that, uh, you know, reputation of scoring in this league, gave him too much space. At the end of the day, he's going to capitalize off that. But one thing that uh, we did against, you know, Stockport, one thing we've did against many teams this season, maybe not Stockport necessarily, but the games that we've been behind in, we've not done well in terms of responding. You know, we've let our heads drop and uh, kind of just not score or concede very uh, quickly onwards from the first one. But it was weird. It almost felt like Morecambe went 1-0 down when they went one up. It was a, uh, it felt almost, a, you know, a change in momentum. There was a lot of back and forth, but, you know, for the mo- most part, as you'd usually expect, uh, the opposition and Newport controlled the ball, but the way we played was very similar to the way we played against uh, Stockport. Exactly the same lineup, same setup. Overload the midfield, uh, press the defence. Don't allow them to play at the back, which was uh, something they wanted to do. And you saw the more we got into the game, the more the time went on, the more we had success. And uh, yeah, we scored re- realistically right before half time by a. Uh, Deflect. It was kind of a shot by Bogle that was deflected off a uh, Morecambe defender and then hit hit home by uh, Will Evans, uh, one of the top scorers in the league. hadn't scored in a little while, and it was a uh, nice to see him score. And then realistically, for the second half, a lot more back and forth stuff. But uh, you could kind of tell that you know fatigue maybe was hitting Morecambe uh, a lot more than it was hitting us. We had a lot of options back on the bench. Uh, Harry Charsley rather came back, which was a uh, fantastic to see. Didn't really think he'd be back before Christmas, admittedly, but he came back, did really uh, well for, I believe he was on for about 10 minutes. You know, at that point, we were 2 1 up, but he really helped in solidifying the result. We scored by a, uh, not necessarily returning, but uh, a playing said Palmer Holden. Again, probably a Morecambe, you know, error. Uh, just kind of rolled past all the defenders and we were kind of be able to head it home from there. And realistically, from 75 minutes onwards, we kind of pushed back and uh, just tried not to concede as opposed to uh, trying to go for a third or a fourth or whatever else. And it gave me a lot of anxiety given the fact we've conceded last-minute uh, equalisers to Walsall already this season. So I had the worry when the ref added six minutes on that something similar was going to happen. But... Luckily, it didn't, and we've won uh, two games on the trot against opposition that you probably wouldn't, you know, put us as favourites to win. And uh, yeah, we're on a title charge now, of course. Uh, that's totally not sarcastic <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, Coughlin talked afterwards about the relief that he's felt after two consecutive victories um, and how he describes it as one of the toughest periods that he's ever had. And you can see that as a manager when you, you know, I guess, start the season with slightly erratic form. Um, it's not like a normal job, is it, managing a football team in terms of the, I guess, um, how tenuous your position can be at any time. And we've seen that with um, Mark Bonner and uh, Cambridge today. Uh, he's been dismissed despite you know getting them out of... Uh, the relegation spots last season and, you know, having an awful lot of goodwill. Um, Was there at any time, did you feel any kind of um, pressure from the fan base to, to kind of consider a managerial change or have the fans always been behind Coughlin? I think for the most part, uh, like you said, uh, 
And, you know, like I've said countless of times, managing especially Newport isn't an easy thing, especially this season. Mm. We've had so many injuries. Luckily, it looks like we're coming on the end of that now and starting to uh, see familiar yeah. faces back that are... Uh, you had you know, seven substitutes yesterday for the yeah, first had, time in a month. We had some senior substitutes, which is, uh, you know, really nice yeah. to see. And it was equally nice to see, you know, youth players get the uh, chance, yeah. but... You know, it's always nicer when you're playing these tough games to know that you have uh, senior players as backup. But uh, mm. it, admittedly, when you're following a club that, you know, formerly were in playoffs for two years yeah. running and had these cup runs and everything, there were a few fans that potentially got on his back and kind of said at the end of the day, no matter what injuries you've got, the excuses that, you know, they said that Cockland didn't really have many excuses left and he was kind of running out even though, I really think he made excuses, you know, he kind of blamed himself. He takes a lot of self-accountability. Mm. But, you know, with a with any football team and any fan base, when you kind of lose a bit of form and you're uh, looking down the bottom end of the table, there are going to be the odd one or two fans or a few minority that, you know, get on the manager's back and kind of say, look, you know, we have these injuries. But at the end of the day, you, you, you're managing a team of professional footballers that should be able to... Uh, go through thick and thin but you know I'm sure you know I've always kind of backed the manager that we've had I think Coughlin's done as well as Joe Dunn you know our assistant manager and everyone else mm -hmm. in between I think they've done a phenomenal job at, despite having erratic form at keeping us you know kind of stable away from relegation all this stuff and under all the circumstances all of the uh, uncertainty about ownership at the beginning of the season all of these worries were uh you know, on top of what was already a really difficult job going into it. So I've always been behind him, but admittedly, you're always going to have that uh, odd one or two or just few fans mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, question what a manager in terms of his position has when uh, you're in, at the end of the day in a bad uh, little run of form. Would you yeah, say that, like... Uh, uh, would you say that... Obviously, your season didn't start off the fastest. Do you think, like, do you think this is actually the start of your season officially, or do you think there's still potential for it to go wrong, or do you think you're past? I mean, there's always a potential for, you know, a season to yeah. flip, especially in this kind of league. Um, you know, there's 46 league games. We've still got the FA Cup to worry about. And, uh, you know, realistically, one or two injuries, we can be very in a very similar situation to where we were, um, you know, a few months ago where we yeah. didn't have many senior players to pick and we'd have to rely on youth players to uh, step up, which, you know, I'm utterly confident that they could step up given the chance. But at the same time, if you're to give youth players, if you are under loads of injuries, if you're to give them chances when they're not ready, you know, for all you know, it could have kind of derailed their confidence. So it realistically all depends on a, up until January, getting the injury injured players back into the squad, facing them back. Uh, I've been told and kind of heard and read that uh, Declan Drysdale and Adam Lewis should be back by the Wrexham game, which, you know, is fantastic news from us, not only because uh, the Wrexham game, admittedly, you know, it'll be a, a big thing just because Wrexham and uh, a Welsh derby, if you will, but, you know, you wouldn't really class it as a derby given the distance, but... Yeah, at the end of the day, it all realistically depends on if we can get, you know, to the turn of the year now with no real injuries and we can kind of keep this momentum building and continue playing good football. You know, these past two games, we've uh, 
probably played the best we have all season at the end of the day, despite it not being, you know, the 4-0 result we got against Doncaster or the 4-1 or whatever it was against Forest Green. Yeah. Despite that, it's a lot more consistent with, you know, consistently proving to be a side that is difficult to beat over these past couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of uh, depends on a few factors, really. But if we can realistically get up to January, I think, you know, we, we will have room with the potential new ownership of Hugh Jenkins and everything. I think we'll have the room to bring in a few more players to make sure that we have cover and we can uh, kind of prepare for any certain uh, scenario. Yeah. And some of the Newport fans in the last day or so, well, I guess since last night, have mentioned uh, that at 25 points, you're halfway towards a target of 50 um, but are not yet at halfway through the season. That target of 50, is it something that the club have articulated or is it something that the fan base have kind of set themselves? Well, we kind of thought, you know, at the beginning of the season, the goal is avoid eradication. That was the the inevitable goal. We lost so many players. We brought in, you know, a centre-back from the Irish League, brought in a few lone players that are inexperienced and all this kind of stuff. We lost a lot of key players and there was a lot of uncertainty around the club up until the, uh, you know, really delightful news that Hugh Jenkins would be taking a big part in the club. But yeah, I suppose the original goal at the start of the season, above everything else, was remain in the FL club. And, you know, that kind of stature of 50 points, more or less, confirms that you're safe. So... It's, I suppose, a fan thing more than, you know, a, a thing that's been kind of articulated by managers and stuff. But I'm sure equally, you know, I I'm, I would imagine that Graham Coppen and everyone behind the scenes would not complain if we get to that 50 points as soon as possible and we just confirm our uh, status because that's the bare minimum. That's the thing that we have to achieve, if nothing else. Fair enough. Um, and in the other League Two managerial debut of Tuesday night, I wonder if it's the f- it's probably not the first time, is it? But it, it's, it's definitely unusual that two uh, we'd have two managerial debuts on a Tuesday night, um, both of whom were appointed the day before. We had uh, MK Dons and Grimsby. I've never been so invested <laughs> in a game that wasn't Stockport Counties, I don't think. Um, because I just so want it's been really lovely to see the Grimsby fan base uh embrace the idea of David Artel in kind of as much enthusiasm as we have for it. And um, there was uh Jack, who's in um the WhatsApp group, had posted a picture of uh, like a, a Stella Artois can that had been like sharpied out. So it was like Artel, um, which I thought was especially lovely. And they've got the whole like Artel's cartel thing going on. It's just really nice to see the the kind of enthusiasm for the appointment, but also the excitement that and the potential. I think they're happy to for him to be a project manager he talked in his um like all the press stuff that he did on monday about finding an identity for grimsby and a a style of play that became synonymous with them that you know he said that they've been lacking which is probably fair um so pike 
went like it was 20 minutes in and um Pi could they they went I think they started with something like four strikers uh up front. It wasn't Artel wasn't messing with this at all. Um and Grimsby took the lead 20 minutes in, uh, a very well-deserved lead. And then Jack Payne equalised in the second half, um, which meant that it was Grimsby's third draw in a row, which, you know, given some of their recent form uh, is, you know, at least an incremental improvement. Uh, the one of the, and uh, Abo Issa, uh, no, sorry, Mo Issa, because you've got Mo plays for MK Dons and then Abo plays for Grimsby um, fired wide in like the last minute of injury time and it was one of those that you're not quite sure how it didn't go in um, but you know David Artel's face at the end I think you know people talk about new manager bounces I think the pressure is so much on the manager because it is it's a thing isn't it um, I'd love to know the stats, whether it, you know, whether it is an actual thing. Obviously, it's not for everyone, is it, Charlie? Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely to see, and it's, uh, it was a, a well-deserved draw for, for, for Grimsby, you know. And I think if that goal had gone in at the end, then it, it would have been disappointing and probably not. Um, not represented the goal as a whole, but saying that MK Duns did have 62% of the possession, um, but Grimsby with twice as many shots on target. But it'd be interesting to see how they go there. They're up to 20th now. Um, I think they flipped with Colchester, who lost to Doncaster. Um, both, are, both are on 20 points, though. Uh, but Grimsby on a minus five goal difference versus Colchester's minus 12. So... There's a, there's a good cushion for them there, and it puts them six points off, um, off bottom and uh, five points off relegation. Although Forest Green have got a game in hand, um, disappointed not to see a win from Look Sports Media favourite Artel. I mean, I'm not sure because Mike Williamson has been doing quite the job, you know. True. But Artel, he is a project manager more than a right here, right now manager. I think that's potentially why he didn't end up getting our job because I know he spoke about that on a on a podcast at some point. But his sort of, you know, his way is sort of building on things and building on things. So it won't be instant. And I think the Grimsby fans know that, which is good. But like, it's been very clear what he wanted to wanted to do. Like. Everyone expected him to play attacking football. That's his thing. But Jack on the chat, he he said it was notable how how much more they were creating, how much more they were attacking. Uh, like you said, starting with about four strikers. He wants to score goals. He wants his team to score goals. He wants to get the fans up and out of the seats, and that's what he's all about. So I think give him time. He's already improved by the sounds of things. It's only been one game, so who knows? But He's someone I'd be 100% backing. And obviously, at Look Sports Media, we're all biased because we love Big Dave. But it's very good to see yeah. him. Maybe you watch Newport on Saturday because they started against County with four up front. Maybe like that's how... Well, it, it makes Same sense, doesn't it? 
score the goals and then sit back and defend. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely works. You know, it worked again on a Tuesday at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Um, I think the other, well, there were a few notable draws yesterday, let's be honest. I don't know where to start. Let's start with Harrogate and Wrexham because I that's not, I mean, oh, I don't know. Wrexham were 2-0 up and went on to draw two all. That's not a scenario that I expected to happen. And, you know, with, and I said this, uh, I did a blog for, well, not a blog, it's kind of a Q&A about the game for one of the Stockport County blogs. And one of the things I said in that was that we have been really lucky by the way that other results have gone. So on Saturday, you saw Mansfield lose, uh, Notts County loss. Last night, Mansfield drew, Wrexham drew, we drew. Um, and, you know, you can get away with that for a certain amount of time, but not forever. Um, and that's where you need to be careful. So, uh Rexon's goals were both kind of coming into half time, so uh, 36 minutes and 41 minutes, and then Cornelius um, got one back for Harrogate, literally on the stroke of half time, um, and then O'Connor equalised two minutes afterwards. And you see this often, don't you? You know, teams going out and and scoring straight after half time and just catching catching teams unaware. Um, I think an interesting one will be um, a Conquo went off injured. Um, I think Stace said that he had uh, some kind of jaw injury and uh, that was at half time, which I think is telling. I mean, obviously he'd conceded one just before, but Mark Howard came back on and one of the changes in Wrexham's form in terms of consistency has come with Arthur Oconquo's yeah. arrival from Arsenal. Um, so I don't know. I don't think they've said how long he'll be out for. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. And so it depends on the extent of the, the injury and if it's broken, if it needs plating, or if he can just get away with wearing some kind of protection. Um, but that leaves um, Wrexham in second. They... Parky said afterwards he was really disappointed by it. They did, in his words, everything right in the first half, but then just didn't get going again in the second. And I think probably we're a little bit stunned that they were 2-0 up and then they were um, losing second balls and, and just lost momentum. And um, he really felt like it was, it was two points dropped. And possession's fairly equal, um, 45 to Harrogate 55 to Wrexham. I don't know. I um Wrexham are on a um eleven goal difference, Stockport are on twenty. So there is a big gap there plus the um the five points. But yeah, one of the things we've said is that Wrexham score lots of goals, but they concede lots as well. And they've got the normally have this very much we'll score more goals than you. Kind yeah. of response, um, but obviously that wasn't the case last night. And then they've got, well, we'll come back to Mansfield Trammer in a minute, but uh, they've got Barrow 
chomping at their heels. Um, Barrow are now equal on points, equal on goal difference and equal on games played. And Pete Wilde's men are on the the (laughs) board. Who had Barrow? (laughs) Barrow played Walsall. And uh, it ended 2-0, of course, to uh, Pete Wilde's side, uh, Pete Wilde. But, uh, yeah, it turns out to be the fifth win in a row for uh, Barrow in terms of the league. And it's a, uh, you know, a little run that they're making. You know, you've got the uh, Stockport one that's ended. And now it's a uh, potential, you know, Barrow situation of uh, they can start their own run now. But uh, the, the thing that I went into kind of looking at it, of course, you have Barrow for the most part, controlling the game, doing really well. And I've heard a lot of Barrow fans suggest that uh, Walsall did very little in terms of kind of being in the game and uh, creating things despite having a few chances. You know, for the most part, they felt comfortable. But uh, in terms of Walsall, they're now in 19th, you know, which is a a very surprising one if you look at the... Uh, if, if you look at the preseason things, which uh, I know that a lot of that is... Uh, admittedly, you know, not accurate because you can kind of look at signings and all the things they made and uh, kind of, you know, decide that uh, they're going to do well. But until you're on the pitch, you never know. But in terms of, uh, you know, the Walsall reaction, in terms of their fan base, I think it's been a recurring theme that they don't really want Matt Sadler remaining at the club and uh, all this thing. I think that it was a situation where when you saw that Matt Sadler was appointed, you could kind of read it and go, you know, this goes one or two ways. It either goes uh, well or it doesn't. And, you know, it could have been a lot more of a uh, project thing that you kind of look at in terms of uh, who they brought in and the kind of uh, ways they played. But that could well be Matt Sadler's last post. And one thing that was brought up was that in between Walsall's X or Twitter posts, in between their kind of reaction to a... Uh, the game and then they won the following day there was 19 hours or so kind of uh in between that so there's the uh expectation that potentially there will be news involving uh matt sadler's situation at the club but the question is if he is you know to go is the uh for the former cambridge manager the kind of guy to replace my i saw a lot of warsaw fans mention that uh yeah. he could be you know that option that you know, it all, it all depends on uh, the situation regarding the board's confidence in terms of Walsall and Matt Sadler. Uh, I, I very much saw him when he came in as more of a project thing than a, a right here, right now, very similar to, a, you know, Artel. So, uh, yeah, it just seems that it potentially just hasn't worked for him at Walsall. And, uh, you know, we never really came in with too much pedigree and it seems that fans have turned on him. But, you know, Barrow literal flip contrast absolutely love Pete Wilde as they should uh Ben Whitfield on the uh, score sheet and uh Canavan also on the score sheets uh it's really uh interesting to kind of look into and uh search on it and yeah third in the league joint to a and it's going to be interesting to see uh which one of those two kind of uh take the front run did you see uh Ben Whitfield's goal celebration post on Twitter it has him inexplicably and we're going to ask him about this on Monday because we're going to the training ground spraying his hair because he has a very kind of precise hairstyle 
but it looks like it's air freshener, cranberry air freshener. There has to be a story behind it. And I really want to know why, if there isn't, someone couldn't have just nipped out and got him a can of Elnet to use. I love, the, I love the idea that they were kind of just running quick on media day and they've just looked yeah. around and went, what spray bottle can I get? And all of a sudden they picked up air freshener. I absolutely yeah. love the idea that they didn't have the... Uh, time to find it in between their shoots but uh yeah yeah maybe there's a deeper meaning to it I'm, i'd be very intrigued to find out i'd love to know that you know at some point he's just grabbed the closest can and sprayed himself with air freshener <laughs> and it's become a long-standing joke but you know we'll see uh yeah barrow now with the longest streak in the efl so we've gone from 12, potentially 13 to five. And this is what, you know, county fans were saying. And although it didn't obviously come to fruition, like, right, we'll, we'll start another unbeaten run on Tuesday. But, you know, when it's, when your competition, if you like, is five games, um, then it's, it's not hard to do. And that comes from what shall forever be known as Chaos Saturday when so many unbeaten streaks ended. Um, speaking of unbeaten streaks, Mansfield and Tranmere, Charlie, how on earth did that come about? Well, I want to start off by saying another draw for Mansfield. They love a draw. It, I yeah, want to say true. it could be their downfall, but they're not doing too bad. They're what, like, yeah, they're still fourth in the table. Yeah, with a game in and hand. Before, I, like I said this, like from the beginning of the season, they had that. Yes, they were unbeaten, but there were too many draws in there. Yeah, for them to be a shoe in for playoffs or whatever, given the state of the league this season. And then more recently, they've converted yeah. those to wins, but then they lost. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, last night happened. It's weird because I one thing I've been saying for quite a while is it feels like they just need a goal scorer, you know, because mm -hmm. um, it especially an, a massive standout to me was the. Wrexham game in the cup that was televised the amount of times they had chances to score yeah. and they just didn't but I've looked and their xg is very high they've got they've got it 36 is. xg and they were they're only under underperforming that by uh two goals I think mm -hmm. which it feels weird because they've they've won nine and they've drawn nine in the league and it feels to me like well Surely they just need to score more. And after what I've seen, it feels that way as well. But I don't know if it's something else. Uh, it could be goals conceded. Uh, to be honest, I've not heavily researched that. But they've got quite a good defence, quite a solid defence on paper. So I don't know what it is to me. It still feels like if they can get a goal scorer, they'll absolutely fly because they need to turn these draws into wins. Um, yeah. Yeah. Saying that, though, they're on, um, they've got a game in hands. Well, yeah. so both them and crew have got a game in hand and both are on 36 points. Yeah. So should they both convert those, that would take them both to second and third, respectively. And it would yeah. be second and third because of the goal difference um, on 39, which is only three points behind Stockport. 
I'm telling you, I... that runs over and <laughs> you're not winning anymore. I recall when uh, doing research into Mansfield before uh, Newport went to go and play them that they had the best defense in the league. I don't know if that's a uh, you know a thing that's been retained in the uh, past two games, but you know it's a thing that I got told by you know a few Mansfield fans, and it very much agrees with what Charlie said that they don't have this uh, player that his entire purpose is to finish chances. chances. You know, they uh, create a lot. There was the, uh, like you said, the Wrexham game on uh, that was televised. They had loads of chances, but yeah. it's just the final touch or the final shot that they're kind of lacking. And, uh, you know, they get all these draws. Don't get me wrong. The record looks fantastic if you look at uh, losses and stuff. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, unless they start converting draws into wins, and I know that they did it up until uh, when they lost and now they've drew, but... They've realistically got to start, you know, winning games. You'd rather win, lose, win, lose than continuously draw. So uh, there's just a uh, there's a lack of a final touch. I think that you know yeah. kind of needs to be rectified in January with a marquee signing up front. I think they could get um, uh, Luke Armstrong's been yeah, mentioned. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he was mentioned okay. when I, I was having conversations. Yeah. Uh, God, he's had such an interesting uh, season, hasn't he? It was, yeah. oh, the MK Dons, yeah. then Wrexham, then that failed up, and now it's Mansfield. It's uh, You can't really see him. From, yeah, so you can't see him realistically remaining at, uh, at Harrogate when, you know, they came to play us. I think he, he was on the bench and he got, like, you know, 20 minutes of involvement. And within those 20 minutes, and I'm sure it's been similar and you know, a lot of Harrogate's other games, he just doesn't really look like he can be bothered. It looks like, yeah. you know, ever since that Wrexham move failed, he's kind of lost the uh, ambition to play for Harrogate, which is unfortunate given how good of a striker he is. But, you yeah. know, it's kind of understandable in that regard. And, and Simon Weaver talked about that in, in the immediate aftermath, that that was the priority for them to kind of keep control of um, and and be aware of. But, I mean, Mansfield last night had 74% of possession. Um, Nigel Adkins' side are now on eight points from 12, I think, which is a massive improvement on where they were. Um, So... Who knows? I mean, Mansfield is still well up there. And if they could afford, I mean, it's it will be really interesting to see what happens with Armstrong in January because his value presumably will be affected if there isn't a Wrexham potentially pushing the value up. I mean, his his package was rumored to be about 500 grand, which people said at the time was probably a bit ahead of market value or what he was worth um so with that in mind it will be interesting to see what happens right let's have an ad break and then we'll come back to what should we do next swindon nackrington that was oh yeah that'll be a fun (laughs) Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay. So, Swindon Accrington. Well, that's one of mine. Uh, Swindon, a massive talking point all season. I don't even, <laughs> about the season, I don't know where to begin. So I'll just start with this game 4 3. But it it almost was a loss, almost one point for all. And the most notable thing about that is um, the fact that all three of the goals were conceded in extra time, I believe. And absolutely bonkers. It's just obscene. It, and it's, it's weird, Jake Young scoring, Dan Kemp scoring, Charlie Austin scored as well to uh, eventually save them the win. But yeah, Jake Young can, you know, we'll be talking about him a lot, especially in the Bradford scene after January. Mm-hmm. But um, he's the top scorer now in the league, I believe. He's uh, on 16 goals, which is yeah. mental, especially given sort of his season last season. Just didn't get much game time, not even at Barrow. And then he's just... He's got this loan out and he's done amazingly now. Dan Kemp's probably uh, complimented that, but it's very strange to me because I can't see them keeping their strike force in Kemp and Young. They're not their players and they they probably mm. won't be at Swindon in January. I'd bet my money on it for both of them. And mm. seeing how many goals they're conceding and stuff, they, they like to bottle a lead. If they can't, score four goals, five goals, however many goals they're scoring and they can they keep conceding. Obviously a defender's gonna be on there, but it's it's just mental to think like they're still up there. They're still I think they're seventh now. And yeah. It's just strange to see how much it's how close it is to going wrong. It's like they're on a turning point and sort of they're just balanced right now. And once their strike force goes, it's just, it's not looking good. It, it, it's going to be very strange. And yeah. And then there's Accrington, who've, uh, they've, they've lost four out of their last five. Now, they were in the playoffs for quite a bit. And yeah. I don't know why, but it feels like a false position to me. Just because, maybe because it's Accrington, but there's just something about it that they seem like they're just going to keep sinking almost the way, you know, Crawley have, we can get on to them later, but they're they're just, it's like they're sinking and they got up there, but not quite doing it. And I I don't think the season's looking good for them either. They're starting to just lose and make, make, get poor results and they're on a bad run. You know, it's just, it's not looking good, but I, I think the most concerning thing for me is Swindon. Yeah, although in fairness, I mean, John Coleman was sent off at half time as well, which, yeah. you know, is, is uh, symptomatic of 
frustration often. But yeah, you're exactly right. How do you go 4 0 up? I mean, credit to Accrington for being tenacious enough to yeah. keep playing, I guess. Um, and this um, Swindon had a penalty. I yeah. think, didn't Swindon save a penalty as well? Mahoney saved a penalty. Yeah. But then Mahoney nearly cost them the three oh, yeah. points. Yeah. It, that video is incredible. Lay it on so, it's like yeah, it was the restart, wasn't it? So they after the third goal, well, Accrington's third goal from the restart, Mahoney kind of charges down, leaving the goal completely open, and Accrington go on the break, and yeah, how how they didn't score is a miracle. Um, and yeah, I mean that would have been very. Swindon doing Swindon things. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like when you're four 0 up up until you know the ninety first, ninety second minute when they conceded four one. You know you see, oh, we're four one up. You know consolation goal to then get two mm-hmm. and get so close to a third, and you know I don't know what that that clip is. Just it's it kind of summarizes Swindon in a way. There are. They go from this team that, you know, were absolutely phenomenal. They did exactly the same thing against Wrexham. You know, they were up by a good amount and then 5-5. They uh, never make anything easy on themselves. So uh, it's one of those things where, you know, Charlie, I I agree with you entirely. Jake Young, top scorer in the league, 16 goals in 19. At the end of the day, when uh, he goes, when Kemp goes, when these options up front evidently go, you know, in January... You know, if they can manage to somehow convince these clubs, hey, we want them for a bit longer, you know, here's what they'll provide. If they can do that, you know, it'd be very surprising. But I would doubt, given uh, some of the situations behind the scenes at Swindon, but when they lose these inevitable, really dangerous options up front that work really well together, it's very evident that there's periods of time in the... uh, Swindon defence where, you know, they just almost don't look like they know what they're doing in a regard. You know, it's uh, harsh, but I think when you're conceding three in a matter of six minutes and very close to a fourth, it's something that uh, clearly needs to be rectified, especially with them losing all these dangerous uh, attacking options. Um, There was a story this week as well about uh, Saidu Khan uh, attracting interest from Wrexham he would be a massive loss. And the interesting thing about him recently was there was this, uh, he he agreed with the club that he wouldn't, um, I don't know what the word is, ignore his, uh, his international call-up um, because of Swindon's injury situation, uh and you know he granted he does tend to sit on the bench on international duty but has talked in the past about how much of an honor it is and you know how privileged he feels so at the time it it kind of felt like oh Swindon must have done some deal with him to you know maybe promise him an extension of his contract or reward him for his loyalty and you know he played really well against us I think he 
score did he score one of them last night? Um no. but he yeah, so a potential move to Wrexham for him. And this goes back to what we've said before about Swindon. They don't historically do well out of transfer windows in terms of they tend to release more players in you know i guess in terms of kind of in pursuit of financial stability than they do bring players in and that's going to be particularly apparent this season because of the you know almost guaranteed departures of Jake Young and um Dan Kemp, who I always want to call Will Kemp. I went to school with a lad called Will Kemp. So every time I have to kind of, that's what that pause was. I was like, Dan, Will. Uh, it's the same with uh, Matt Cairns and Alex Cairns at Salford. I always want to call him Matt Cairns. So apparently he's a rugby player. So <laughs> there you go. Um, anything else on Swindon Accrington before we move on? Um, no, it's, ju it's just... I can't get my mind over like that the clip and just it must the be state so of, it's it must be awful being a Swindon fan and it it, it yeah. feels weird that they're still in the playoffs. And they've won two out of two. It's not it's better than being a Stockport fan at the moment. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things like it's it must be such a bizarre ride to support Swindon because one, you know, one minute you're going, oh, we've won 4-0. Phenomenal. And then within six minutes, you know, you could go to the toilet or maybe grab a drink and prepare your uh, ride or home leave. back. And then all of a you could yeah. literally leave. And then all of a sudden you've come back, you've checked your score and you're like, oh, let's see where we are on the table. And you notice that they scored three and it's a, uh, it's not a normal thing. Let's be fair. You know, it, uh, it's not, it's not even that it's happened yeah. once. It happened against Wrexham. You know, the incredible amount of goals that they had in the uh, cup against Aldershot, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you know it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not a it's not an occasional, you know, here's a one time thing where our defense almost capitulates. It's a uh, regular thing. And like I said, and, and like Charlie said, unless they kind of uh, rectify what's happening at the back when they lose these uh, really dangerous players up front because their loans expire, they could be a. Uh, a bit of trouble going in for Swindon, and given how their uh, their transfer window was in summer, we know that uh, there was no activity, and then all of a sudden there's quite a bit. You know, you already hope yeah. that they don't have that uh, situation again. But it all depends um, on uh, how worried they are about the financial situations, which I'm sure isn't rectified given all the updates that we get uh, regularly about Swindon. I a nice thing for um Accrington who have come under a lot of criticism recently over the Wrexham ticket prices. They I can't remember who it is that they're they're playing imminently and they have framed it differently in terms of because we are having to increase the costs for this game because of increased staffing, increased policing costs. And they've done it a lot more sensitively than they did yeah, with yeah. Wrexham. The it other the thing, thing that they Wrexham. did... It was yeah, the thing the with other Wrexham. Thing... They didn't give a reason that they, they just kind of put no. it up and went, it's up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what they did for Swindon fans last night, and I, I, I vaguely remember the attendance being something in the region of 
1900, 1990. Um, but, you know, Tuesday night, it's a long trip from Swindon. But what they did was on arrival, every away fan was given, and it was chilly last night, every away fan was given two vouchers for hot drinks, which I thought was really nice. You get one at the beginning, one at half time. Didn't have to do it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably a, I don't know how many away fans there were. Uh, That was a really nice gesture in the face of all the criticism they've come under uh, recently. Yes. And also, if you're an away fan at Accrington Stanley, uh, they do pot noodles for, I don't know, £2.50 or something. But they've got a decent, like a decent range of flavours. Not seen pot noodles anywhere else other than Stockport County Ladies. So that's something to to watch out for. Because again, very warming. I'm such a Very warming, very... uh... Very beneficial, especially on that Tuesday cold night at the end of the day. Well, right. Um, except Charlotte uh decided that she wanted I don't I don't often have pot needles, like a curry flavoured one, and then said she didn't realise it would taste of curry. So um <laughs> I despair. Uh Charlie, tell us about Alexander Ball. Oh my god. So Boy, will I tell you. So, two wins on the bounce. It's it's going great. We're winning the league. We're, oh, we'll overtake Stockport by Christmas. It's happening. Um, Andy Cook's back score. There's so much. I'll, I'll just give you a rundown on the game. So, it starts off um, with a Matty Platt header. Uh, off, a, off a corner. I think it's his second ever goal. We really don't need a play-by-play. Just no, no, like, I'm not going to say, and then he ran start, it down like, the wing. There was a header, and then there was the oh. cross. Like, edited highlights will be fine, Charlie. Thanks. So, yeah, Matty Platt scores his, his second goal in Claret and Amber um, a week after scoring his first, which was nice. Um, and then it goes... <laughs> Kieran, he's sat muted and I can just see him laughing his head off. Um, yeah. And anyway... Carry on. And you're Oh, of course. Andy Cook uh, gets dragged down in the box. It's a penalty. No complaints even from the Forest Green players. I didn't expect him to score it just because of the way his confidence has been shaky and stuff like that. But no, he scores it. The keeper, it's just almost like what are you doing? Which was a trend with Forest Green. They had a lot of chances. They had three sitters that were just perfect tappings and just didn't get anything out of it. It were awful. They were they were a chance they had in the second half where the man were alone in box. Uh, Harry Lewis was out of the way, and he just he just missed. And it was like, what's going on here? Um, and then to finish it off, and neatly. Neatly slotted goal by Jamie Walker. So that's that. That's my brief highlights. But no, it's it's great. It's great. We're uh, now five points off the playoffs. It it's looking good. It's you know only two wins, but it's convincing. You know we're playing with a bit of conviction, nice and direct. It it suits the players. I said that on the six oh six earlier today. You know. It's nice to see players who previously were, you know, maybe a bit shaky under the play style, now looking like they want to play this way, they're good at playing this way. And it's just 
it's really nice to see. And then Ash Taylor, my hero, my favourite player. I've never criticised him. He's um, he's pulled Troy Deeney down and got a red card to save save the clean sheet at the end of the match. My hero. So <laughs> that's an yeah. interesting take. He, oh, he's my hero. But yeah, it were a good game. Forest Green are still in relegation. I think they've played a game less, but they're three points away uh, from Tranmere. And to be honest, nah, no, I, I can't see them staying up this season. Even their fans are saying it. Their fans are all over socials, you know, talking about, yeah, this is it. It's just clear. It, it was just weird to see, see the commentators use the word static and that's what it were like. It was just like, what are you guys doing? And their um, their manager came out, and it, it was very strange. He came out and said in his interview that, oh, it's been multiple weeks now where the players are, you know, whatever the play the players aren't playing how I want to play. And apparently, according to him, obviously, he seems like the sort of guy to back himself. But he's been saying that they've worked on everything in that game in training, and none of it's come through. It's it it's just a weird one, but I I can't see them succeeding like in the slightest. It's it's just not looking good. There were nothing that were convincing, especially the quality of chances they were provided with. If they're not putting them away, then I think it's game over, to be honest. But Alexander Ball's going well, we're going up. And yeah, I can't wait. There's a joke to be made about chickens and vegans at Forest Green Rovers, but I'm like I don't have the mental capacity for it today, unfortunately. I wish that I'd prepared for it, but should have prepared I'll, one. I'll work on it for the return fixture whenever that yeah, is. I'll do. <laughs> yeah, and, um, uh, long, long awaiting. Make sure to, uh, you know, clip this. Make sure to record it. So uh, it's a, it's viral. a thing of reminded that this will be a uh, iconic day of chicken vegan joke somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Except, um, I said at the beginning there will be no editing of this at all uh, because also reduced mental capacity uh, for a change. Um, what else? What else have we got to talk about? Uh, you've got. Gillingham oh, I know what we can talk about. Okay. One record that Stockport County do still have Ooh. is goalkeeping. Being the third best shoot. county in the league. <laughs> oh, we don't know about that. Um, no, uh, Ben Hinchliffe is uh, the so last night, despite the goalless draw uh it was ben hinchliffe's eighth clean seat clean sheet of the season i was reminded by uh charlie's comment about clean sheets uh which is more than any other goalkeeper in the division so there you go there is still a record intact well you've got that going then way. yeah i mean i'm at the point where i'll like cling on to anything. Most clean oh, sheets never sing that. Yeah. Um, but at least something else that we can uh, cling on to. I don't think our floodlights have gone off unexpectedly in recent history. There is some dispute about the uh, 
plugging laptops in in the press area and the impact that that could have on the on the floodlights uh but Gillingham lost their floodlights again and a 20 22 minute delay 24 minutes added on at the end of the game was that the highlight of the game was there i I mean the the low light I, i suppose for the most part it was you know the highlight of you know, it's Gillingham, they won 1-0, and I believe, if I did my maths right, that's their seventh 1-0 win of the season. So, uh, you know, very interesting. We knew at the start of the season, you know, they had the uh, result against Stockport, Crawley, blah, blah, blah. Just a lot of 1-0s, and uh, there was a joke to be made of uh, just continuously put bets on Gillingham to win 1-0, and it would happen, and then uh, all of a sudden something happened with the defence, or, you know, they had a change of a... Uh, manager and all this stuff and all of a sudden it's been a uh, a lot more exciting i suppose to watch Gillingham in that respect but yeah admittedly the highlights of that game is that uh i believe if i'm not mistaken it was about the beginning of the second half the floodlights stopped and it was apparently just a local power outage and they had to swap generators which took them you know about 20 minutes uh from my from my count of when the AFC Wimbledon account posted the game has stopped to then obviously posting the players of when in the players are on the sidelines and warming up and all this stuff in between them tweeting that the game was you know being stopped for a little bit because of this power outage and the uh, lack of visibility on the pitch to them saying we're back in the way it was 20 minutes so inevitably something's happened you know in the game to add an extra four minutes on but uh you know a 85th minute winner from a uh, masterson and uh you know a late winner it, it's kind of a vintage Gillingham in that kind of regard but it, <laughs> you know it's it's one of the ones where when you actually looked at it on paper it's seventh versus tenth now after the game so uh you know, you would afford a little bit more of a exciting game in terms of a scoreline, but uh, almost mm. a vintage Gillingham win and a uh, a vintage power outage at the Breezefield uh, Stadium. So, uh, good fun, yeah, good fun. Because that happened at the end of last season as well in that Orient game when Orient won the league, and it kind of took the shine off it <laughs> somewhat, uh, literally. Um, but. Yeah, Smooth. very much. You're exactly right in terms of like the one nils, the one alls, they grind them out and then sit back. And it's just I, last season that was week in, week out after after the January transfer window when they did start winning um, at home anyway. One nils were one nils, one alls. They were awful away from home, but. Yeah, it's um, it's painful to watch. We beat them it two really one at the end of last season, so uh, we broke yeah. that curse of the one ones and one alls. So good fun. We good fun. Um, we did really badly because our game just before Christmas was postponed due to the state of the pitch, and it was rearranged for I want to say March. By which point they'd the Gallansons had come in, they'd spent a fortune in the transfer window, they had half of Crawley's team, and they were uh doing considerably better. And um, yeah, I've often wondered whether if we'd have played them before Christmas, whether we would be in League One now, given the margins were so tight. Um, but yeah, 
biggest football what ifs. That's one of them. What would have happened if you would have just played them before Christmas? Who who knows? It would have been on a losing streak in League One. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Oh, Charlie. That's harsh. That's I'm mean. I'm sorry, Stockport fans. I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Um, yeah, you're not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm now going away. I'm missing Bradford away now. That's it's been like oh. a, a, a response to uh, the potential for getting abuse off you and Liam too much. <laughs> oh, I would have gone meant if Paddy Madden. I'm gonna say his name once. If he scored once in that game, I don't think. I don't know why I hate him. It's just. Rubs me up the wrong way. He scored a penalty. Yeah, but he was like rolling around and diving and time wasting, and then he scored a penalty. Uh, and yeah, uh, just yeah, yeah I hope it was he got, terrible. I hope he and then he retires straight after. Hey, that was the beginning. <laughs> that was the beginning of our run. I think it was the first time that we'd won uh, in a good few weeks, and it was it was the catalyst for our like. Good run right, in awesome last year. Yes. I feel like we've near have we got all the way through? Yeah, we've got well, Sutton. Oh, not County, we're back to winning uh, oh, yeah. yeah, they are. Me. Uh, Me. So I'm, gonna, I'm, ba- <laughs> I'm back with a uh, play-by-play analysis. Oh, so. There was a throw uh, in the six minutes. So they started off um by a centre kick. Uh, no. So, Crawley took the lead, I believe, which was sort of like, I remember, I'm pretty sure I got the notification while I was at work and I saw it and I remember thinking, well, what's going on here? Because, like I said earlier, Crawley's had a good start, but they, yeah, to me, they just seem like they're going to sink a bit now. But, yeah, Notts County uh Is that equalized. a technical term, Charlie? Sinking. That they're going, they're going to stink a bit. Oh, sink! Sink, sink, not stink. Oh my days! <laughs> really <laughs> high quality podcasting tonight. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I believe they equalised in in the first half, and then one thing Notts County is sort of uh, criticised for is their their goals and performance in the second half of games. Um. That wasn't the case because they went on to score two more, uh, which is very good. They, they sit sixth at the moment. And uh, Junior Marias, who I'm not going to lie, I'm not too familiar with, but that was his first goal. And it, it was just, it was nice to see the, the, yeah, a round of applause for Junior Marias. But yeah, the fans on Twitter, they seem really happy about that. I saw a couple of people saying they were really happy for him. So. I'm not sure what the story is behind that, to be honest. He's a relatively new player. He's not getting too much game time. He's had a few starts, but he's also had quite a few games on the bench. So it seems to me like he's just one of those players. Um, Not so sick. And I've seen a a couple of fans whinging about that on Twitter, which is weird. I'm not going to use the word whinging because I'm not having a go at you. But, you know, they've just come up and... They're, it's almost as if they're expecting to be up there like Wrexham are. Not too many people, except Wrexham fans, expected them to be up there or 
you know what I mean? There was a lot more doubt from other fans. And I think Notts County are doing great, obviously, from what, what I saw when they played us. Best team I've ever seen, and that's why we lost. But, um, no, they're a good side and I have a lot of faith in them. I feel like if they get playoffs, I do back them to win it. But I can also see them just having the capabilities. They've got a great manager, they've got a great squad, and it just seems like they're doing a lot of stuff right. And I, I, I can just see them going up. But even if they don't, you know, you've just come up. If they finish in playoffs first season up, that's something to be proud of. I know there's a trend with, you know, teams coming up like uh, Stockport, unfortunately. They're, they're doing quite well. But, um, you know, it it's good to... It, it It's not something you can really expect, in a sense. You know, they, they can't be expected to come up and just absolutely smash it. But I... To be honest, I think they will go up. They've just got that quality. They've got good management. They've got a window coming so they can strengthen. And they just seem like, especially tactically, they seem very well drilled. They seem to know what to do, who to play it to and when. And I think they're just extremely comfortable. I could see them. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in autos. I, before the season, I favoured them over Wrexham. I don't know why, but that's just the way it felt to me. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know why the fans are complaining. Uh but yeah, another three points for County, Notts County, sorry. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got to say on them. Um, it's three yeah, counties in the world, <laughs> I believe. On the 606 on uh, Sunday, Sally joined us and she was saying that the, the fan base is very divided and it's sometimes the more vociferous vocal side of the fan base that she just she said you know should sometimes just be completely ignored because they're they're doing it to kind of troll if you like the other ones that are like you know disappointed with being where they are whereas she said you know I would have bitten your hand off for um, to be in this position at this this point in the year, and and let's not forget, I mean, it's December this week, but it is only November, and and so much can change, uh, especially just after the transfer window. If a team has a really bad run of injuries, and there's nothing that they can do apart from obviously, you know, free agents and and what have you, then that can completely change. Um, a, a team's fortune going into the end of the season. Um, so. so you used a word there that I'm not 100% about. What does vociferous mean, please? Vociferous, do you know what I'm going to find? Uh, it basically means gobby. Um, oh. But I'll find you the dick. So uh, expressing or characterised by vehement opinions, loud and forceful. Uh, it's, it sounds there like a Harry Potter character to me. That can be uh, your word of the week. What was your word of the week the other week? It was effusive. effusive. It's yeah. I wrote it down. I've got the notes somewhere because I thought I'd I have this. We've, you know we've got more than a football in terms of the uh, yeah, the the just... You know when you have the experience of the Look Sports Media League Two review on uh, as being recorded on the 29th of November. You know, you get an English lesson, you know, midway through yeah. it. It's, it's unbelievable. Barry White as well. We've got music. You get Barry, yeah, you get Barry White, of course, of course. Yeah, it's like a GCSE entire syllabus. Yeah, there you of go. Of course. 
wee wee. Yeah, absolutely um, love it. Fantastic. And on that note, uh, we so this week wee wee. Um, we're interviewing Richie Wellens tomorrow night, who, although not strictly uh, League Two anymore, was obviously at Swindon and um, a lot of the questions for him have come from Swindon fans in terms of asking about the ownership and uh, how he felt about that. So we'll definitely be putting some of those two in very diplomatically. Uh, and then obviously his time in League Two going up as champions last season. We can ask him about Gillingham's uh, stability in terms of their floodlight situation. Oh. <laughs> uh, other than that, this weekend it's FA Cup. So there'll be no, si- well, actually, as I said, there won't be a League Two 606. But last time we had an FA Cup 606, which was quite fun. Um, because I got to do it because Liam was having a night off. So we might do that again on Saturday. I think it was on Saturday night last time. Although we're not playing till Sunday. Are both of you, you're playing Barnet, Kieran. Saturday. Saturday. Who have you got, Charlie? So we're out. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's okay. We've uh, to focus we're on the on... champion. We're on a win there. streak. Yeah, Stockport mm-hmm. County yeah. aren't, you know. Yeah. Seems to have an agenda against Stockport County, no, Charlie. No, no, I no, have no, a small no, suspicion a on the Howard Penn conversation, man. You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> I like Stockport County. Good away day. Um, nice pies. Yeah. And here we go. We had a compliment on Stockport. That was like That's all you're getting. five-word five <laughs> review. I like it. <laughs> good away um, day. Good pies. Full stop. <laughs> That's it. So, will we have a League Two podcast next week? I don't know. We'll wait and see. It's the element of surprise. If you uh, follow Look Sports Football Media, I think it is now on Spotify, or it might be Look Sports Media Football, we've put all of the podcasts back on one channel because people told us that uh, it was hard to find them because there were so many different channels. So, they're all back on one. So, to make it easier, for you to find them but also it means that if there is a special like some of the interviews you'll get notified about those as well um and you might find that you really enjoy listening to uh child talk about the championship because who wouldn't and other than that safe travels if you're away this weekend and um yeah anything for you to add Karen charlie if, if if I am to add anything, there's one more game. Just going to say, uh, Sutton uh, Crew. There's a few notes that I put into it. I, is you know, there I won't anything go really, really exciting about it? There was, there was a game. My notes exactly say and read. There was a game. <laughs> it, it, it says... It says it was a football game. Sutton's four for one, one and five games. Hard to beat, but can't win. Both teams couldn't score. That was my summary. There we All go. Right. Sutton that was crew. beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah. We've, Sutton twenty fourth. Uh, crew still fit. You're all we've welcome. Everyone off in the interests of fairness. Uh, although I don't think we ever have any crew fans or any Sutton fans. Got to be considered. Like no, but no worries, know, guys. In depth. The interests of equality. Thanks for that, Kieran. 
You're welcome, guys. Good consistency. <laughs> All right. We shall see you uh, when we see you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And as always, you can follow us at Look Sports Media on Twitter X. And um, the website is www.thelooksports.com. Uh, we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.